Amen. Well, let's open your Bibles, if you would, this evening to the book of Ruth, Ruth chapter 2. And when you find your place, if you're able, we'll stand for just a moment, read just a couple verses as we get into the message this evening. Ruth chapter 2, begin reading in verse 1. The Bible says, And Naomi had a kinsman of her husband's, a mighty man of wealth, of the family of Elimelech. And his name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabitess said unto Naomi, Let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him, in whose sight I shall find grace. And she said unto her, Go, my daughter. Jump, if you would, down to verse 8. The Bible says, Then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearest thou not, my daughter? Go not to glean in another field. Neither go from hence, but abide here fast by my maidens. Let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap, and go after, and go thou after them. Have not I charged the young men that they shall not touch thee? When thou art athirst, go unto the vessels, and drink of that which the young men have drawn. And then if you would, jump down to verse 22. The Bible says there, And Naomi said unto Ruth her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that thou go out with his maidens, that they meet thee not in another field. Let's pray if you would this evening. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come before you this evening, we thank you for the opportunity you allow us to be in your house. Thank you for the singing. and Lord, for all that you've done for us. I thank you for this church. Thank you for Brother Haggett. Lord, I pray that you'd bless him in a special way. And Lord, I pray that you'd bless your word tonight. Help me to be a blessing. Speak to our hearts. We'll give you the honor and the glory and the praise. We ask this in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to draw your attention to two words. I believe most of us know the story of, of Naomi and, and uh, Boaz as they left Bethlehem Judah and went to Moab in the time of uh, famine. And now they've come back and Naomi's come back by herself and Ruth is with her, one of the daughter-in-laws. And as they come back to Bethlehem, the Bible tells us there in verse 2 that Ruth said unto Naomi, she said there, she said, let me go uh, to the field and glean ears of corn after him in whose sight I shall find grace. And so Ruth goes out that day and, and uh, she comes and she, she finds a field and she begins to glean. And the thought is in verse 8, the Bible tells us that Ruth, uh, as she's gleaning, Boaz comes to the field and he, and he begins to inquire of who this young maiden is. And the, the workers, they tell him, well, she's Ruth, the Moabitess that came back with Naomi. And Boaz comes to Ruth and he tells her in verse 8, Hearest thou not, my daughter, notice this phrase, Go not to glean in another field, neither go from hence, but abide here fast by my maidens. So Boaz, he tells Ruth, he says, Go not to glean in another field. As Ruth, as she finished out the day and as she comes home and she begins to tell her mother-in-law Naomi about all that had happened and how the Lord had blessed and so forth, Naomi then tells Ruth, in verse 22 is where we finished up, it says, And Naomi said unto Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that thou go out with his maidens. And then we see that phrase again, That they meet thee not in another field. And the thought tonight is this, Whose field will you be in 
when the Lord of Harvest comes. And I believe that as Christians tonight, uh, that is our hope and our desire to, to see the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. And, and as the Lord of Harvest comes, I wonder what field and whose field we will be in. Boaz told Ruth, he says, I don't want you to go into another field. I want you to go to glean after any other person. Stay behind my maidens. And Naomi, as she heard that, she said, that's, that's good. I, you ought to stay in that field, that they find thee not in another field. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of people tonight that they get caught up in a lot of things in our world. And, you know, uh, sad to say, there's some Christians even get caught up in the world of sports. And I'd sure hate to be in that field when the Lord comes. And uh, there's some that maybe they get caught up in the, in the field of politics and that surely wouldn't want to be a field I'd be, want to be in uh, when the Lord comes back. And, and there are so many different things. But, but as we think about the work of the Lord, I, I, I'm glad that God allows us to be a part and to be uh, workers in His field. But, but I believe that as Christians and, and as a church, if we're going to be in the field of harvest, of the Lord of harvest when He comes, I believe there are some things that are important that we need to understand. And I believe that Boaz, he gave Ruth some, some real specific instruction. And the instruction that he gave her, it was good not only for her, but it's good for each and every one of us as Christians. I think the first thing that Boaz told Ruth, he says there, if you go back to verse 9, he says there, he says, Let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap, and go thou after them. He, he says the very first phrase, Let thine eyes be on the field. And Can I say first of all tonight, if we're going to be in the field of harvest, of the Lord of harvest, we're going to have to be careful that we keep our eyes on the field. He said, Let thine eyes be on the field. And uh, we, we know tonight, the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 13, that the world is the field. And, and so if we're going to be in the, in the harvest field of our Lord when He comes, we're going to have to keep our eyes on the field. And uh, that's, that's hard because there's so many things going on around us. And, and if we're not easy as Christians, it's easy to get our, our eyes off of what God would have us to do and get our eyes off of the field. You know, I, I think about life and, and especially in the Christian life, had be able to keep our eyes focused on the field is something that we all struggle with. We are so easily distracted. And I'll be the first to admit, it's, it's easy to get distracted. And if you look at uh, everything that's going on, I don't know about you, but in Mexico, you know, I, I know it's hard to watch the news here in the States without getting uh, distracted about getting your eyes off the field and what God would have us to do. Uh, but, but if you watched Mexican news about the United States, it would be even harder. And, I, and there was years ago, I just told my wife, I said, you know what, I, I can't watch the news and keep my eyes on the field at the same time. Because I get distracted from all that's going on around us. And Boaz, he told Naomi, he said, keep your eyes on the field. Oh, tonight as Christians, if we could keep our eyes on the field. And be careful because the devil will do everything he can to get us distracted from doing what God would have us to do. And uh, keeping our eyes on the field, the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 9, verse 37, Then said he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the labors are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth labors into his harvest. 
Oh, we need Christians tonight to keep their eyes on the field. And I'm not saying the field is just Mexico. You know, the field is wherever God's placed us. We've got a field and we need to keep our eyes on that field if we're going to be faithful when the Lord of Harvest comes. But you know, I think that Ruth had to keep her eyes on the field and she had to keep from being distracted. But I think that Ruth had to keep her eyes on the field to keep from being discouraged. You know, it's easy to get discouraged, especially in the things of God if you're not careful. You know, there's a lot of things that could discourage us. Things don't go as we had planned and things don't go as we wish they would go. And uh, discouragement is something that we all face, whether, whether it's a pastor, whether it's a missionary, whether it's a Sunday school teacher, whether, wh- whatever your ministry is in, in the work of God, it's easy to get discouraged. You've you got to look at the life of Ruth. You see, Ruth was there at harvest time, but Ruth wasn't, she wasn't receiving the harvest by the handfuls. She was there as a foreigner. She was there as a widow. She was there as an outcast. And she was picking up grains of wheat and grains of barley. She wasn't, she wasn't getting in on the big harvest. And uh, that could be discouraging. And uh, the Bible tells us that she was there from early morning till afternoon. And uh, the workers told Boaz, man, she's been here from morning to afternoon. And she's tarried little in the house. She's been busy about work. And, uh, you know, it came to the end of the day. And, and, and after she beat out all that she had gathered all day long, she had, she had an ephah of barley. Not, not much when you think about all day's work. Boaz, he told those young men, he says, every once in a while, just throw down a handful of purpose. Just, just let a little extra fall behind because of her, her desire and her faithfulness. And, 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 and the Lord, he, he, he says here, the Boaz, he tells Ruth, he says, keep your eyes on the field. You know, there's a, there's a treasure in the field. And I think about the parable that Jesus uh, told in, in Matthew chapter 13 about the man that found a treasure in the field and he went and he sold all that he had to buy that field because there was a treasure in that field. You know, as we think about that, that man sold all that he had for that field because he knew there was a treasure in that field. But as Ruth got to the field of Boaz, Ruth had no idea that there was a treasure in that field. The truth of it is, is Ruth, she, she came to the field of Boaz. The Bible says her hap, or, or it, was, it was by chance that she got to Boaz's field. But we know even there it wasn't by chance. God, had, God directed her and God took her to that field. But, but I think tonight as Christians, you know, Ruth, maybe she found that field by chance. But as Christians tonight, none of us do anything for God by chance. If we do anything for God, it's going to be by choice. You know, I don't think anybody is here tonight by chance. Somebody just driving around the neighborhood and see a bunch of cars out here parked and decide to come in and see what was going on tonight. No, you're here tonight because you chose to be here tonight. And, uh, and Ruth, she had to keep her eyes on the field. And, and you know, as she was there in that field, you know, she was looking just for some, some barley and some wheat, but I think that she found a treasure there that only God could give her. And I think, first of all, you know, God gave her a treasure. She found in that field some peace. Here was a widow woman that was an outcast that shouldn't even been accepted in, the, in, in Israel. And uh, she came to find in that field that there was something far greater than just a little wheat and a little barley. She soon found a peace 
a peace that nothing in life would be able to give her but God. And uh, you know what a blessing it is to work in the work of God and, and help people find that there is peace in spite of everything that's going on around us. Mentioned the uh, girls' home. Uh, we, we've been there just over a year now. And, and when we started there, it was second or third week that we were there. And I got done preaching and one of the, one of the young ladies said, uh, Pastor, can I talk to you afterwards? And I said, sure. And uh, we took her to one of the back rooms, and my wife and I sat down with her. And, uh, and, and she began to cry, and she said, uh, Could God ever forgive me for all that I've done? Wow. You know what a blessing is? Take the Bible and show her that God can forgive you. And God can give you eternal life. And we went through the gospel with her that, that afternoon and it was something blessed to see her as she trusted Christ. I told her, you know, you just pray and ask God to come into your heart. Ask Him for forgiveness. Tell Him that you're sorry for all that you've done. And she just wept and cried as she prayed and asked God to come into her heart. The blessing after that was three or four weeks later. We were there and we finished and the lady in charge said, is there any of you girls that want to want to say something uh, before, before Brother Matt and his wife leave? And that girl raised her hand and she says, I thank God for bringing them here because I've never had so much peace in my life as the day, and she gave the date, that I trusted Christ as my Savior. Amen. That's exciting. To find that people can find peace in the Lord. But you know, I believe that Ruth, not only did she find a treasure of peace in that field, but I believe that Ruth found purpose. You know, as Ruth, as she left Moab, she really had no purpose in life. She was a widow. She was an outcast. And even as she came to Bethlehem, Judah, there really wasn't anything that she had her, her, her focus on. She didn't know what to do. There was nothing there. But as she worked in that harvest field, soon was she to find that God had a purpose for her. I'm glad that God has a purpose for each and every one of us. And if we'll keep our eyes on the field, it's amazing the purpose that God gives us when we're obedient to what He would have us to do. And, uh, you know, God gave her a purpose, but I, I believe that God not only gave her a purpose, He, he gave her pleasure far greater than she could ever imagine. You know, here she was and, and Naomi told her up front when she left she said, you know, I don't have a husband, I don't have any sons, I have nothing that I can give you. And little did she know that God was not only going to give her a, a husband, not only would God give her children, but God was going to be so good to her that she was going to be placed in the lineage of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, that's something that only God could do in a situation. But Ruth was told, she was told from Boaz, keep your eyes on the field. God help us tonight as Christians to be able to keep our eyes on the field. There's going to be distractions and there's going to be discouragements. But even though there are distractions and discouragements, if we'll keep our eyes on the field, I believe that God has a treasure for us far greater than we could ever imagine or ask for. Go, if you would, back to Ruth chapter 2, verse 21. I believe that Boaz tells her a second thing. Not only does he tell her to keep her eyes on the field, but verse 21 says, And Ruth the Moabitess said, He said unto me also, Thou shalt keep fast by my young men until they have ended all my harvest. Let me say second of all that Boaz told her. He says, I want you to stay faithful until the end of harvest. 
He says, I want you just to stay faithful. Stay here till the end of harvest. You know, that, that, that's good, uh, that's good uh, counsel for any of us. To be faithful till the end of harvest. You know, we don't know when the Lord's coming. But God help us to be faithful until the end of harvest. You know, uh, we, we hope and we pray that uh, the Lord is, is coming back. And I believe that He's coming back oh so soon. Uh, and and I, would, I, would, I would sure hope that He could find me faithful in the harvest when He comes. You know, I, I wouldn't like to be like a lot of people, you know, when the boss shows up at the job, they're sitting down and they got to jump up and find a broom or find a shovel or find something to look busy. I, I would like to be busy when the Lord comes. And, and he tells Ruth, he says, Keep fast by my young men until they have ended all my harvest. You know, I, I think that as, as Boaz was there and his desire was that Ruth be faithful, I believe that God's desire for each and every one of us as children is that we would be faithful as well. The Bible says that the one thing that God requires of stewards is that a man be found faithful. Amen. You know, what a blessing it is to see tonight all those that have come back on a Sunday night. Yes. What a blessing. Amen. What a blessing for those that decide to come back on Wednesday night. What a blessing it is to see people that, that have decided, I want to be faithful. And you know, it's, it's not always easy, but, but God has, has something for us. And, and God help us to be faithful. You know, Boaz was very generous to Ruth. And as it came to the end of the day, uh, he, he told Ruth, he said, come. And he, and he gave her an extra special blessing. You know, God's always been much, much more bountiful and blessed us far more than we could ever ask for or ever deserve. And, uh, and Boaz, he told Ruth, he says, I want, you to, I want you to keep your eyes on the field and I want you to stay faithful until the end of harvest. But you know, um, not only did, did he tell her to be faithful till the end of harvest, if you go to chapter 3, verse 17, I believe that Boaz, he also gave Ruth a third thing. And he says there in verse 17, and she said, and she said these six measures of barley gave he me. For he said to me, Go not empty unto thy mother-in-law. I believe, first of all, Boaz told Ruth to keep her eyes on the field. I believe, second of all, he told her to be faithful until the end of harvest. And third of all, I believe that Boaz, he told her, he says, be sure you don't go home empty-handed. You know, it's interesting if you, if you look at that phrase, empty-handed, how many times the Bible uses the phrase empty-handed. And we first find it when the children of Israel, they were getting ready to leave Egypt. And as God was about to deliver them from the hand of the Egyptians, um, God told Moses, he said, now, now I'm going to give the, 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 the Israelites favor in the eyes of the Egyptians. And, and they're going to spoil the Egyptians. They're going to, to take from the Egyptians gold and silver. And they're going to they're find favor and they're going to give them all these things. And you're going to leave Egypt. And God was preparing and He was supplying them with the needs that later they would be able to give of that which they had taken from the Egyptians for the building of the house of God, for the supplying of the work of God. And, uh, you know, as, as, as Moses told the children of Israel to, to spoil the Egyptians and, and not to leave empty-handed, I, I don't believe that Moses was telling the people, get as much of the world as you can. 
I don't believe it was in that sense that he was trying to get them to fill their pockets with the world. But, but he was saying God is going to provide and that which, with which he provides, you will later then be able to use that for the work of God and to give back to God. Oh, what a blessing it is to know this evening that as we look for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, that there's not a one of us that have to go empty-handed. God, God gives us the opportunities that we can have a part in. Let me say as a church, uh, you know, your, your, your faithfulness and your involvement, not just in our ministry, but in, uh, the different missionaries that you support. You know, you have a part in that. And uh, it, it, when you're faithful to give and do what God would have you do, you know, you're a part of, of all those blessings that, 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 that the missionaries see on the mission field. I think too often as Christians in a church, sometimes we think that our involvement with missions is just simply between us and the plate. And we put it in the plate and, and so many times we don't see where it goes and, and how, that, how that God blesses that or whatnot. And, but let me say as you watch the video, let me say, church, that's part of your blessings. God's letting you be a part and none of us have to face the Lord empty handed. I, I honestly think that as a, as a pastor, as a missionary, I get to see the, the extent of the gospel and the extent of missions far more than many church people uh, that give. And I thank God for each and every church member and each and every church that gives to the work of missions. But let me say, you guys give so that a missionary can go. Can I say I get to see a little bit more of that investment a little bit farther along the road? Because as we plant churches and we begin to teach those people the, the responsibility of taking the gospel, then I get to see that that goes a little bit farther because those people then in change begin, begin to give and to become a part of that. And, and now our church sends out missionaries, Hispanic missionaries to other parts of the world. And, uh, and then as a pastor, I get to go visit some of those missionaries in Peru and, and Bolivia and, and, and Ecuador and some of those different places and see some of those missionaries that we've sent out and they start in churches and they're teaching their people to give. Let me say that, that as we begin to look at it, you know, God blesses far more than just between us and the plate and us and the missionary that we support. As we begin to give, God begins to multiply that. The Bible says it's fruit that abounds to our account. And, uh, and Ruth, she began, she began to reap the blessings. She was faithful. She kept her eyes on the field. And God began to bless her. And let me say that her blessing was far greater than just barley and, and, and wheat that Boaz gave her. It was more than just being able to live from day to day. Let me say that uh, God began to bless in such a way and, and He gave her Boaz, He gave her a husband and, and so forth. Let me say that we don't have to go home empty-handed. The harvest is plenteous. And if we'll be involved and we'll get involved, uh, God, God will bless and multiply. And You know, I think about that and... And in, in chapter 4, the Bible tells us there uh, that uh, Naomi, remember when she, when she came back, she said, call me not Naomi, call me Mara. She was bitter. Uh, the Lord, the Almighty had dealt bitterly with me. But think of, if you would, verse 15. It's talking, and the women are talking to, to Naomi. And they said here in verse 15, He shall be unto thee a restorer of thy life and a nourisher of thine old age. For thy daughter-in-law, which loveth thee, 
which is better to thee than seven sons hath borne him. That's that's one of those phrases that's hard to explain. How do you explain a daughter-in-law better than seven sons? I think most mothers love their sons. And, uh, you know, I I do understand that daughter-in-laws can have a special place in the family as well. I know from, from example, Annetta... I don't know how she does it, but uh, she, she has more pull in the family than the eldest son. And I'm not sure quite why it's that way, but uh, back years ago, mom and dad were in Monterey, and um, they got a house, and they were going to put some tile in the floor in that living room. And so uh, they were all excited about that, and dad went down to the tile store, and he brought back several samples, and he laid those out on the floor, and everybody looked at those and Everybody knew, no, we don't want any of those. And it come to pass that those were all discontinued tiles that they were on sale. So dad, he said, I can get this really cheap. And, uh, but everybody looked at that and they thought, no, we don't, I don't think we really want any of that in the living room. And uh, so even my sisters, they began to talk together, get together, and they said, Annetta, why don't you go with dad and why don't you help him pick out some tile? Well, Dad took Annetta down to the tile store, and it was a little bit, and they came back, and they came back with some nice tile. And uh, everybody asked, well, Dad, where, where'd they have that tile? Oh, he said, they had it at the tile store, and he said, it, it's, it's new tile. It's, it's brand new. It's that, that model's brand new. And, Dad, that is nice tile. Yeah, it's pretty nice tile. It's a little bit more expensive than I wanted to pay for, but, you know, Annetta picked it out. Uh, but, you know, there's a blessing there that God does a work. And you know, in a Hispanic culture, uh, that, that's even harder to understand how a daughter-in-law could be of such worth. But you know, those are things that God does. Amen. And uh, God can take a life that is empty and God can begin to fill it with blessings. And they told Naomi, that woman that had come back, that had come back broken and bitter, the women began to say, Naomi, God has blessed you and God has given you a daughter-in-law that loves you and is far better. And God can take that which is empty and God can begin to fill it and God can begin to show I can fill any empty life if you allow me to. I think about it tonight and I think that what Boaz was telling Ruth, he was telling her, I want you to be in the right field when the Lord of Harvest comes. I know that Boaz was just an earthly man, but as a church, as Christians tonight, I believe the Lord of Harvest is coming. And when He comes, God help us to be in the right field. And if we're going to be in the right field, tonight we've got to keep our eyes on the field. Yeah, it's going to be discouraging and it's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard at times, but if we'll keep our eyes on the field and if we'll be faithful until the end of harvest, I believe that there's not a one of us that would ever have to meet our Lord and Savior empty-handed if we'll simply do and be involved with what God would have us to do. Tonight, Christians, church, let me say that a lot of what happened to Ruth may have happened to her by chance, but God gives us the opportunity tonight to choose. You and I get to choose what field of harvest we will be in. You and I get to choose what we'll do for the Lord. You and I get to choose uh, whether we will let God use our lives and work through our lives and bless in a a special way. No, Ruth, she was faithful. and, And as she was faithful, she had no idea what God was going to do. She was just faithful and through time and circumstances, 
God began to bless. And let me say tonight, there's not a one of us that know what God can do or will do in our lives. But if we'll just be faithful, God will begin to work and God will begin to put things into place. And when you look back on life and you look back on what God has done, you'll have to say, just as Annette saying here a few moments ago, we've got so much to be thankful for. God's been so good to us. Church, we thank you for your faithfulness to us. And I hope and pray that you understand that because of your involvement, you don't have to go home empty-handed. You have a part in all that God does, not just in our work, but in the work of each and every missionary that you support. Maybe, maybe tonight, maybe God just wants to encourage you to keep your eyes on the field. You look around, there's a lot of things that could discourage you from keeping your eyes on the field. And you look around at everything that's happening. It would be easy to give up. We just say, be faithful till the end of harvest. We don't know how soon or how long that'll be. But if you'll be faithful, let me say, you won't ever have to worry about facing our Lord empty-handed. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come before you tonight, I thank you for the life of Ruth. And Lord, what an example of a woman that had everything for which she could be discouraged and defeated over. Yet, Lord, she was faithful and she remained in the field. And, Lord, you begin to bless in such a way that only God you could do. And I hope and pray that tonight that you would help us as your children, Lord, uh, that we would be faithful. Lord, we'd keep our eyes on the field. And, Lord, when you do come, that you would be able to to meet us and we would not be empty-handed. I pray that you bless the invitation. Thank you for this church. Jesus, in my prayer, our heads are bowed, eyes are closed.